Hey there, and welcome to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one pious page of Talmud a day. Reading today's stuff, Moed Katan 27, put me in mind of the most humble, the most insecure, the most anxiety-ridden, miserable, nervous wreck of them all, the graduate student. Now, if you've ever made some bad life choices and ended up in grad school, you might have felt that particular brand of existential ennui that permeates every seminar room and library nook, that feeling of almost but not quite. No longer a student, not yet faculty, smart and ambitious, the future unclear, the job market fraught, with many lords to please and few allies in which to confide. That, to me, is the life of a graduate student. Now, maybe you had a better go at it, but for me, the years in academia were a slightly gentler take on those first six minutes of Saving Private Ryan. You run towards the fire and hope that you'll end up as one of the few who made it to the other side alive. So naturally, when a new eminence was appointed head of my graduate program, I saw it as an opportunity to increase my odds of survival. The professor I knew was a sociologist, a former president of Students for Democratic Society in the 1960s, a brilliant scholar who wrote about a wide swath of real-world issues with erudition and attention to detail. So for weeks, I toiled on a research proposal I was sure would win me favor. I dug up statistics. I created charts. I arranged everything in bullet points. I highlighted my methodology. I affixed a hefty bibliography. I even wore my best sweater. I was ready to rock. The professor suggested we meet not in one of the trendy eateries that bloom all around affluent universities, but in an unassuming student cafeteria on campus, the sort of place where you could pay five bucks for a couple of slices of pizza and an orange soda back then. We paid for our meager meals, and then he listened as I read through my proposal with all the confidence I could muster. And I mean listened. The professor listened attentively. And as I spoke, watching him listening to me, I was surprised. I was almost taken aback to witness just how attentively he was listening. Because guys like him, tenured and celebrated, guys who went on talk shows and wrote big books that were reviewed by the New York Times and had dinners with presidents and poets, guys like him didn't always take so much time and care with guys like me who were young and nervous and not that put together at all. But the professor listened. And when I was done talking, he had only one question. Do you care about any of this? I mean, do you really care? A more put-together dude might have said, Oh yes, absolutely I do. I care so much. It's the research to which I'd like to devote my entire academic career. But something about the professor's kind eyes and gentle tone told me that he didn't want me to lie. So I told the truth. I said, no, I didn't care about any of it. I didn't care about any of it one bit. I was only writing the sort of proposal I thought he would like, the sort of proposal that sounded, well, professional and serious. I said all that, and the professor started laughing. He took my printed proposal, crumpled it, and tossed it in the trash. 
Then he smiled broadly and asked me to please go out there and ask the questions I truly cared about and spend my days thinking and writing about subjects I found actually meaningful. I thought of my professor when reading today's stuff, which is full of accounts of all the things you should do to make those who are less fortunate than you retain their dignity, especially when it comes to death and dying. The poor, the Talmud tells us, would sometimes abandon their deceased relatives in the middle of the street and run away because they were so ashamed that they couldn't afford the same sort of fancy, expensive shrouds that the rich had and had to bury their loved one instead in basic linen garments. So like my professor, Rabban Gamliel listened to those most vulnerable. And like my professor, he wanted to ease the suffering that comes with being in a position of no power, no privilege. And so Rabban Gamliel, the Talmud tells us today, ordered that even though he was an eminent and celebrated scholar and leader, he should be buried wearing the simplest and cheapest of shrouds. Like my professor, Rabban Gamliel gave the poor permission to worry little about the externalities of hierarchies and instead focus on the basic emotions they were feeling at a difficult time. My professor, the great Todd Gitlin, passed away this week. I will think very often about our years of friendship, about the book we eventually co-authored, the evening spent shouting at the TV as a basketball game or a good political speech was on, about the many conversations we had in which I had the pleasure of benefiting from his humor, his warmth, his wisdom, and his generosity. But more than anything, I'll think back to that one first meeting in that humble little cafeteria and to the great lesson he taught me that day about how important it is for those blessed with means to stop and listen and dignify those who weren't as blessed. May his memory be a blessing. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I am your host, Liel Leibowitz, and our producers are Daron Ruskay, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmuccia, Sarah fredman Ader, and Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.